Hi folks, this is Bud Hughes, and it's time to raise the door on another edition of Bud's Garage. Hang on, you're now part of the fastest hour in radio, presented by Complete Auto Parts and Oakwood Tire and more. Locally owned family businesses with over 120 years of combined experience. CarQuest nationally branded auto parts and warranties, and Oakwood Tire's wide selection of the best tire brands available. Local professionals to help you find the parts or tires you need, help you get them installed, and back on the road with a smile. Find out more at completeautoparts.net or oakwoodtire.com. On today's show, time change safety checks, 10 most likely cars to be stolen, a NASCAR season wrap-up, and Mr. Toyota told us so. All that and a whole bunch more informative automotive buffoonery with Bud and Tim right now on North Georgia's News Talk, WDUN. Welcome in, folks. This is Bud Hughes, resident of Carnot, and Tim DePasquale, back from the back doctor, I guess. <laughs> back in the saddle? Yes, oh, back on the tractor. I'd like to take just a moment to thank Dr. Javagri at the Lanier Interventional Pain Clinic for getting me back in the tractor saddle again yeah. quickly. We could have done that with a hammer, you know. Yeah, right. I'm, I'm afraid that's what well, did it. Well, no, I got I got this five pound hammer mm-hmm. that I that I use on on certain cars, and you could have come in. I could have hit you on the toe, and you would have forgotten all about your back. Right. Why didn't I think of that? <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, I'm glad you're back in the saddle. Well, thank you. And uh, so you've been behaving, well, watching daytime TV. No, heck no, no, no. no. But heck, you know, Bud, once you get that shot, you don't know what's what feels good, what's stressing you, or what you should be doing. To so, I always you don't want to hurt. You don't want to undo what the shot does. Exactly, but I feel better when I keep moving. It's when I sit down or lay down is when I yep. feel the pain. That's that's so. kind of the thing with back stuff. Mm-hmm. You know? so. It's how mysterious in this age of everything electronic that our backs still hold such mystery. Yeah, they sure do. All right, I got to do a little, I got to do a little, uh, I, I don't know what you, construction, constructive criticism. Okay. I went to the Moonshine Fest, Festival last week up, up in uh, Dawsonville. Right. Had a massive, massive, massive car show up there. Mm-hmm. So I took Molly and we put her in the Mustang and I was going to meet some friends of ours, Mike Bowen. The oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. We yeah. meet him up there and a few other folks and... Uh, when we got there, parking was really, really uh, limited. Mm-hmm. So they parked us, not that I drive a show car, you know, but they parked us and a lot of other show show cars mm-hmm. up in the grass, which was kind of mixed with dry dirt and dust. And, oh. And uh, they, they had a lot of empty area out back. Oh, it wasn't empty, but it was paved. And it was a bunch of easy ups and empty car trailers and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, I know the the folks that do this. You know, when you're doing car shows, I, I've done 25 plus car shows that I had to plan out when I was teaching. Yeah. And every year you learn a little bit more. You get more cars there, and you learn more and about vendors and and stuff. So mm-hmm. I know this is all a work in progress, but uh, we don't we don't want to to uh, you know minimize the vendors and and what they're doing at the at the shows and stuff like that. Um, but you also don't want to minimize the people that are bringing, in some cases, you know, multi-hundred-thousand-dollar cars. Right, right. Hundred thousand, yeah, that would be... Multi-hundred-thousand-dollar right. cars. And, yeah, right. and old antique cars that, mm-hmm. you know, are can't be replaced, that kind of thing. Yeah, yeah we just need to work on it a little more. Mm-hmm. I, I think, they, you know, they were... It was right next to... Um, 
the big shopping center up there in uh, Lanier Technical College and the new junior high school, I think maybe they could have arranged to have a shuttle between those places and maybe staged some of the trailers and stuff up the hill away from the, from the right. show. Right. But it was a great show, and it was mm-hmm. for a great cause, raised money for the kids in Dawsonville and, oh, good. and all that, and we all had a good time. That's always a fun show. But, uh, just, just a thought, just a thought. And okay. I'll be there next year okay? because it's, it's a good time. Uh, time change starts tonight. Oh, God. Now, I, I know you're supposed to change your time at uh, 2 a.m. on Sunday morning. Right. So you're supposed to start your what? segment timer at the beginning of the segment, bud? Y- yeah, something like yeah, that. Something, <laughs> yeah, right. So you, this, this remote control thing, someday, someday. Uh, anyway, you're, so you're supposed to set your time at 2 a.m. Yeah. What, what happens if you don't? I mean, I set it before I go to bed. Right. Or, or Jan will set it like at 9 o'clock, and I'll come in and find like, Wow, what was I? It's 10 o'clock already. Right. And, uh, you know, that kind of thing. So I was just wondering. Don't we set them back this time of year? Or we no, set them you set up? them ahead. You set them well, ahead? We set them back? No, we set them ahead. Spring forward, fall back. We fall back. We, we fall back. I get back that hour's sleep I've lost ever since. Yeah, that'll make a big spring difference. Time. And now it'll be dark at 4 o'clock. I Ooh, know. I thought they were going to change this, Bill. Don't you have people you can call? There are senators and representatives every single year that promise to do something about it. Nothing gets done. It is the most stupid, antiquated rule on the planet. And studies show that we have more heart attacks and traffic accidents the Monday after a time change than any other day in the history of a year. Mm -hmm. Really? Yes. What the heart attack thing is all about. I've had I've had one of those. I don't want any more of those. No. Just because we changed the time? You should stay well, in probably, bed. Probably the heart attacks are probably coming from the people driving in the other direction of the people to fall asleep Could behind be. the yeah, wheel. I'll, yeah, right. I'll, 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 I'll stay in bed that day. All right. The SCC Atlanta region is at Michelin Raceway today and tomorrow. They started yesterday racing. Uh, you know, it's kind of their end of the season. Mm-hmm. You know, if you're a fan and you've ever thought about getting into racing, yeah. go to an SCCA race. That's fun. And, you know, wear your work clothes and... Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, if you think you want to do this or you want to do it part-time, there's always somebody at the races that use a hand. Oh, absolutely. They and they can't necessarily tutor you, but mm-hmm. they, they need, you know, they might need an extra hand if you, you know, if you can right. help whatever it is, you know, volunteer with some of these people and strike up conversation and relationship. And who knows, you might get into racing yourself someday. Yeah, right. So it's, it's good. It's a good way to get close up. That's for sure. Uh, last week we had a guest host on that would be a, Cody Dinsmore, he's a NASCAR historian, a young fellow from Dawsonville, and he and I got a chance to uh, talk to Larry McReynolds' interview, uh, or do a Larry McReynolds' interview. He gave his thoughts on who would win the championship, and later in the show, we're going to talk to Doug Turnbull and get his thoughts. Okay. Meanwhile, Akio Toyoda, (laughs) T-O-D-A. T-O-Y-O-D-A, is back in the news. You want to run with this? Well, he, he says, I told you all so. Uh-huh. The grandson of the founder of Toyota Motor Company, who was, after he made his announcement a year ago, mm-hmm. that electrification was not the way to go, that hybrid technology should be the way to go for the near term, and he was forced to step down as CEO, which then he took up the job as chairman of Toyota, but now everyone's saying, "Well, you know what? You were right." Huh. <laughs> How about right. that? The old Jeez. guy was right. The old guy. The guy that right. races a car almost every weekend, an internal combustion car, using hydrogen mm-hmm. as the fuel, was wrong. 
Right. So it's, it's very interesting how this all comes around. Well, as I mentioned, Tim, time change starts tonight, all right? Yeah. So let's take a minute to check our cars, lights, clean the windows and headlights, and, you know, make sure everything's working that you need in the dark. Mm-hmm. So people can see you, you can see them. Right. Uh, Complete Auto Parts has the kits to polish your headlights. They have bulbs to replace the burned out ones. They've got glass cleaner, Rain-X wipers, windshield washer fluid, and three locations in northeast Georgia. And they are? Gainesville, Clarksville, and Cornelia. Cornelia. Well, yeah. Yeah. You did good after two weeks of being gone. Oh, jeez, I had to think about it for a minute. That's uh, all right. Um, have, have you ever heard that, uh, and I, until I was doing the clean your windshield thing, there were all sorts of warnings about using ammonia or any kind of glass cleaner with ammonia on your, on your glass. I can I understand never... it bothering the paint, but they say it can bother some glass. I never heard of that. Yeah. You know, if it, I, I guess if it gets down in your trim, it can get in the laminates of the glass and all that. Cause, uh, wow. So be aware yeah. of that if you're buying figure. You know, windshield stuff. But, yeah, sure. Uh, Rain-X and that does not have ammonia in it, so you don't mm-hmm. have to worry about it. I get distracted by Rain-X, but that's just me. You get distracted by Rain-X? Yeah, because it starts out as little droplets. And mm-hmm. they run down the windshield, and then they become a big globule. And then you find yourself looking at the droplets and instead it's of like, the road. Remember, the, what was this, the show that used to be on? Mission Impossible. Remember, they used to have uh-huh. that? Checkmate. Was it Checkmate? It was Checkmate. Mission Impossible had the fuse. We've had this discussion Oh, that's before. right. We've had this discussion before. Oh, my God. Checkmate it, had the paint swirling. Okay. And they did that on an overhead projector, by the way. I don't know what happened, officer. I ran into that car because I was looking at the globules, globules on my windshield. <laughs> <laughs> oh, boy. If you need parts for your classic muscle car, uh, anything but globules, you can get windows, you can get windshields from them. I know that. Right. Side glass and all that stuff. Mm. Where are you going? Where are you going to the muscle, the muscle car experts at Year One in Cornelia, Georgia, who provide our podcast so that if you miss any of this great information, you can go to access WDUN, click the links, hit the buttons, and listen to the show at your convenience, or you can go to your favorite podcast site and listen to the show anytime you want, along with our other show, Bud's Garage Overdrive. Absolutely. All right, we'll be right back here, Bud's Garage, on North Georgia's News Talk. WDUN. Don't go away. Welcome back into Bud's Garage, brought to you by Complete Auto Parts and Oakwood Tire and More. From first responders to daily drivers, the parts, tires, and repairs for what our town drives. Exciting news this week, I guess, Tim. Uh, yes. At least for uh, folks that were on strike. UAW has kind of sort of settled with all the big three car companies. And uh, Have they settled with GM? Yes. Okay. Yeah. Ford, well. Ford GM, and Stellantis. Mm-hmm. And uh, oh, it's all got to be voted on now. Yeah. But this Sean Fain is, is, you know, his background is kind of interesting. He's like a third or fourth generation union worker, mm-hmm. um, you know, from his family. And he became the president of the UAW when they had an election that kind of nobody showed up except a few folks. And now he's become this kind of folk hero. Right. Amongst some of the folks. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I'm not sure. I'm not sure that what they've accomplished with the pay raise isn't going to come back to haunt him at some point in time. Well, that's something that nobody knows. But. Well, he's already talking 2028, and he wants mm-hmm. to get Toyota and all the 
the non-union right. shops. I don't know how you do that. I don't know either. I don't. I, I don't know. It, the The top tier auto worker now would be making eighty to a hundred grand, mm-hmm. uh, and they'll be starting people out at you know forties to fifties. Right. And it's going to cost probably a grand per car more. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, the the cost has to go somewhere, and guess right. where it goes? It all runs downhill. And I was reading an interesting article about China back in the day that, that tried something like this back in the 50s, mm-hmm. where they tried to eliminate um, seniority or tier systems, Yeah, where everybody came in as an equal. Mm-hmm. I, I'm just thinking, you know, you, you've had an upholstery shop for how many years? Oh, God. Let's say well, I've been 32 years at Let's say that location. you hired a guy 32 years ago. Uh-huh. Right now, he'd be making pretty good money. Yeah. Okay? Mm-hmm. Now, you get some guy that's off the street, maybe he's got some talent or, or, or been to school or something like that. You're going to start him out at the same money without ticking off the you guy? Know, this is always this is, an issue. I don't know this how is, we're going to go with this. But it's a little bit different in our line of work. When you're talking about in the manufacturing process, it more or less has to go by seniority because any of these jobs can be taught to another person, to another individual in a, in a relatively short time. Right. Right. You know, I mean, you're you're doing the lug nuts or you're doing the headliner or you're doing the windshield or whatever portion of the vehicle that you're doing. And they want everybody to know everyone else's job so that they can fill in as needed for whatever jobs are, are needed to be done. But what's sticking in the back of my mind is if I'm, if I'm a manufacturer and I've seen all this going on with the, the increase. In, and I'm not knocking pay increases or anything. Mm. That's not what I'm saying. I'm kind of going back to what you're saying. There's, you know, to be an upholster, you have to have certain talents and you have to right. build those. You have to learn those talents. Right. Here you can teach somebody how to use a machine in a relatively short amount of time. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, what's stopping the manufacturers from saying, we're going to build robots. You know, let's let's quit all well, this, you know, that, let's quit all this stuff. We're, we're absolutely. Just, I, I would suggest if you're starting out. In the industry, you may want to you may want to get involved in robotics or, mm-hmm. or those kinds of things because look, I worked in a steel mill with fifteen thousand employees. Yeah, you know now a, a large steel mill might have three thousand employees because robotics and machines yep. and improvements in the way things are done. So, you know. Hmm. Well, it's it's a lot of things to consider. You don't get one thing without getting something else. That's right. I don't know if it was a year, year and a half ago or whatever, we were talking about the Carolina squat, yeah, which, right. came, which came from California, by the way. You want to you refresh my memory on what they called yeah. it in California? I don't know. What did they call it in California? Well, something different than Carolina squat. Yeah, I thought California it came from stuff. Carolina because... No, it came from California. Oh, you okay. Told me. So that's your homework. Carolina squat. Yeah, yeah, but, you know, they, they finally, what happened was... Uh, Pedestrian was a pedestrian got run over by someone who's couldn't see him. You couldn't see him, right? Because their truck was squatted. I mean, that's the dumbest thing I've ever seen in my life. Well, it is where the back of the truck is low and the front of the truck is high. Right, and it's all sorts of danger issues with that because of the the way the vehicle handles, mm-hmm. and the headlights are up in the trees somewhere. Right. So if you're driving at night, you know you you, you, you can't no, see. You got to have fall, you got to have floodlights on. Then you're blinding people. Mm-hmm. And it got me to thinking. I was watching uh, one of the car shows, and they 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 took this this truck. I don't know what brand truck it was. It doesn't really matter. But they had this truck so high with such big wheels and big suspension on it, you could walk under it. I mean, I could. Wow. And I just thought, man, that you know that that 
they've changed all the dynamics of that right. vehicle right. Uh, to the point of, I don't know how you know you could even hold the manufacturer responsible for anything the truck got itself into. Oh, sure. Because you've modified it to the point that it's, it's stupid. Yeah. And, and I see this every day. You know, these guys got their, their, their cars lowered and the wheels all cambered out and mm-hmm. stuff. That's so hard on the That's A-frames f- and stuff and the bushings on the car. You would think. And, it's a, you know, it's, it's a safety factor that starts to affect all of us. Right. So, I, I, you know, I, I understand why they did what they did here. And if you, go, if you just Google Carolina squat and see some of the situations these trucks got them into, mm-hmm. themselves into, you'd understand. And, and, but know, I wonder, you know, in, in states where they have state vehicle inspections, they have standards. Oh, I was going to bring that up, but I figured you'd, you'd scream and holler because uh, no. well, of state vehicle inspections. Because I, I grew up in the state that had them. Well, so I did I. The state idea. of Georgia used to have them. Yeah. So, they, I mean, it's crazy. Some of the stuff that you see out there on the road that has no business being on the no, road. No. Wheel offsets and things like mm-hmm. that. Some of that stuff's got to be addressed because it's, it's just dangerous. You kids modifying these cars have got to settle down. Well, it's not, it's not just that. It's not taking away people's freedoms to do things. But, you know, do things within... Use some common sense. Right. Well, <laughs> use some common uh, sense. Here. We're kidding. We yeah. don't mean that. Anyway, do you uh, know what uh, are the most uh, the ten most likely cars to be stolen nowadays? Well, there um, is a list out. Yes, there Again, is a list, and and of no surprise to me, mm-hmm. is some of the cars that are at the top of the list. Right, and they are. Mr. The former Mr. Mopar. We got right. a Mopar truck still. Yeah, the cha- the Dodge Charger SRT Hellcat, the Charger Hemi, the Infinity Q50, the Dodge Challenger. Land. So, whoa, 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 wait a minute. So we got three of the top four are Mopar hot rods. Mm-hmm. And they're the most char or most stolen. Yeah, but I, I'm wondering about this list, bud, because what has been the most stolen vehicle this year has been Kias and Hyundai's because it's become a an internet game challenge of who can steal the most Hyundai's and Kias because there's an easy yeah, way there's to, an easy way to, to, to do, do that. that. Well, they've they've overcome that, I think. The manufacturers. I have. don't think they have. Oh, you don't. No, I don't. That's your homework. So we've gone. All right, I will. <laughs> so we've gone gone from hot rods to easy to steal. Yeah, right. And the Land Rover Range Rover Sport. I don't get that because how could you? You'd have to have a a rollback. Oh yeah. To steal one because most of them won't run to start with. Oh, <laughs> here we go. Land Rover Range Rover. Yeah. Right. Um, Kia Sportage. Mm. Honda CRV. I can understand Hondas and Toyotas being stolen because people want them for the parts, right? Yeah, I would think so. Yeah, hack them up for parts. BMW X6 four wheel drive. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, the same goes for the F 250s and 350s and the, and the, the Ram four you know, wheel right, drive. Right, right. You're saying people would need a flatbed to get them, but apparently. And they're figuring it out. Yes, they are. And they're either getting chopped or going right into a container somewhere. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right, right, and heading who knows where. Well, it's going to make your insurance go up if you happen to have one of those cars because of reports like this. Yes. All right. Now you know. I'm not worried. Oh, neither am I. <laughs>
I've got a straight ship. I can't even be carjacked. Nobody knows how to, how to, how to put it in the gear. We'll be right back here at Bud's Garage on North Georgia's News Talk. WDUN. Welcome back into Bud's Garage, brought to you by Complete Auto Parts and Oakwood Tire and More. From first responders to daily drivers, the parts, tires, and repairs for what our town drives. Well, Tim, I was joking a little bit about your, you know, your situation with your back and mm. you getting a chance to watch a lot of TV and stuff. Did you do any TV watching? Watch no. any of the TV auctions or no. anything like that? No, mm-hmm. I didn't. I didn't. I didn't watch anything. No, you I just, just sat at home and felt sorry I didn't for yourself. Sit, no, I kept moving around. Oh. <laughs> I kept walking to the garage to make sure my tractor didn't miss me. Oh, <laughs> but you also went to work for a few days, didn't you? Yeah. Well, I took a week off. Okay. But then I went. Then Jody decided to go visit her mom. I guess <laughs> me being home that was, was a little pre, too that much. That was pre-planned. No, yeah. That was pre-planned. Right. I know. Right. I know, right. I right. I didn't ask. Did you know Halloween just passed? But did Jody do the Elvira thing? <laughs> No more than usual. Okay. <laughs> Just kidding, baby. You didn't ask her if she could drive a stick, did you? <laughs> no. Oh, boy. Uh, that's, a, that's an old, uh, anyway. Yeah, it is. All right, here we go. The reason I was asking about the car shows, mm-hmm. the car auctions and stuff right. like that, you know, during the daytime, I didn't realize there's a lot of that stuff on. on a lot of Motor repeats, Trend magazine so, yeah, and stuff like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That stuff gets boring after a while. But, well, you know, I you mean, know, how many Chevelles can you see for sale? I mean, really, Camaros and Chevelles. And I would love to yeah, see some. But, but how about the, the high-dollar stuff, the Bentleys, the Ferraris, the things like that, that? Yeah. You know, have you ever wondered what it would be like to spend, you know, six figures on a car? Well, we're all going to know pretty soon. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Hey, you got that right. <laughs> but, yeah. You, but just to, to be up there and bid, right? You know, and you're three, four, you know, a million something or other, and and mm-hmm. they got them. They got guys on the phone. They got people on the floor shouting, "Yeah, I'll pay a million two or something like that." Right? How do? How much? How much faith have you got to have in what's being presented? I, I don't think I could ever do that to go at out an and buy it. I, I I don't know if they give you. Now I I would think that uh, you know the some of the exclusive auctions like Southby's you mm-hmm. know auctions that they do. I would think that they have probably gone through part of the process to validate the fact that the car is what it says it is. Yeah. But there is a process well, if, sure. you, if you're spending that kind of money on a car. And I didn't realize it. It's forensics. And the people who know and the people who are interested in particular cars will send someone ahead to do a forensic inspection on a car. Remember when we had Joe Stymason for yeah, an interview yeah, yeah. and he buys cars for Milton Robson or he helps Milton Robson? Right, right. And, and, and he said the same thing. It was all about documentation. There might be a beautiful painted car that you might think was but once you start the documentation you might find out that it was junk. It's, well, well, it's not necessarily that it was junk. All right, let's say that somebody buys a classic car. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, it's, it's, not, it's not considered original if you change a filter on it. Yeah, right. If you change the oil filter on the car, it's not considered original. Right. Unless you have a oil filter from 19-whatever mm-hmm. that, you know, you bought a box of them with the car, and it's the exact same thing, and it screws on. But if you, if you start doing 
little things like maintenance or personalization, or let's say you've got, let's say you you buy a million dollar uh, Camaro. I don't I don't know what that would be, but and and you decide to change the fender. Somebody runs into it or nicks it or whatever mm-hmm. gets damaged putting it in a trailer, and you decide to go get an aftermarket fender or a fender off of a Camaro, even a brand new old stock fender. Right. And you put it on there, the car's not original anymore. Right. Because, you know, the metal could be different. Mm-hmm. Uh, it could be, it could, the metal could have been made in a different year. And they go through metallurgy tests on these cars to determine whether the metal or the lead that's in the, the, the panels where we used to lead in cars, whether it's of the same era, whether it has the arsenic and stuff in it that metals used to have. Right. To determine the year that those processes were being used. They can tell by a weld on a car. Mm-hmm. You know, original welds on cars were pretty crappy. Yeah. Compared to what we have now with wire-fed machines and stuff. Mm-hmm. You know, this old stick stuff was kind of hit and miss. And, and um, what do they call it? The uh, uh, When you use acetylene and you, you know, back in the day, brazing and stuff mm-hmm. like that. You know, those processes were unique to certain vehicles. Right. And replicating those is not good enough to make it original. You have to have... The robot has to have drunk the same amount of beer that Joe would have drank no, the night no, no, before, before his shift. Yeah, before you know, before he, he welded. Was, no, oh. but, you know, like like even the the filler metals and stuff. Sure. I remember when I was a kid. My dad was a maintenance guy for Westinghouse. Mm-hmm. You know, at the big factory in Buffalo, and he, you know, part of his job was welding these overhead cranes, repairing them and stuff. And he'd bring home samples that the welding guys had brought him to try out on on these machines. He brought home a stuff. I don't remember the number of it. It was a 60-something or other rod. And back in the day, we didn't have a wire welder. All we had was a, a buzz box. So it was yeah. a pretty big one, but it was a stick welder. Mm-hmm. It didn't even have the reverse polarities and that stuff that a lot of the stick welders had, you know, as they progressed. But I remember he brought home this blue rod that was a eutectic-type rod. And me, being, you know, a teenager, I could run a bead with that stuff. And, really? And stop. Mm-hmm. And the flux would pop off of it, and it was the perfect row of dimes, wow. you know, underneath it. And, and, you know, that stuff wasn't available back in the 40s. Right. Just like MIG and TIG and stuff weren't available, you know, back in the 60s. Mm-hmm. And so these processes change. Paint changes. Do you know they use oh, different paint thinners sure. and softeners and stuff? And they can tell. They were, there's a story in this article about um, authentication of the bullet the Mustang bullet, mm-hmm. uh, Steve McQueen's bullet, where they, they took a sample of the paint and put it into a spectra, spectrometer or something like this that uses light waves and things, yeah. and could actually tell, you know, what layers of paint, how thick they were, what softeners were used, what thinners were used, mm-hmm. all that. And it had to match what was being done back in the 60s. Wow. That's, Which was completely different than what's being used today. Yeah, so. it was single-stage paints. You know, right. it was all for that for the most part. I mean, that, let's see. That might have been, back in the day, that, that might have been uh, uh, um, acrylic enamel. Acrylic enamel, yeah. Yeah, back right. in, in that right. era. It mm-hmm. would have been just between the regular enamel and the acrylic enamel was right. that, that time period. But they got ways of telling that. 
And, and we talk about it like it was yesterday. Well, this stuff is 50, 60 years old. Yeah, you can't even get that anymore, No, I you don't can't think. get it, and you can't get the colors. The... I used to love the smell of that DuPont acrylic enamel. It smelled like candy to me. I loved painting. We had, and I kid you not, we had an old fellow that painted at the dealership where I worked at where he would mix paint, and then he would taste it. Mm. He'd just put a little... Just a, just a dab on the tongue. On his tongue. <laughs> yeah. And he could, he said he could tell, you know, it was the right color. It was right, or not the right color, the right, but the mix. right mix. Uh-huh. I don't suggest. I don't know. <laughs> he looked back back when I was in my twenties. He looked like he was eighty. He could have been forty as far as I know. But that's he used to. Did he have a spotted tongue? <laughs> no. He, he, but uh, you know, I often wondered about, <laughs> about that. But basically, what we're saying is. If you're if you're looking at a car that's forty, fifty, a hundred years old, right? Get somebody that knows what they're doing and what they're looking at mm-hmm. before you, you know, plunk down yeah, before the money you for it. pull the trigger on it, right? Because sometimes uh, these things sneak through, but it's it's getting rarer and rarer, rarer as these auctions have gone on. But you know, I gotta ask. Uh, maybe the next time we have Bob Varsha in, we'll ask him. You know, if you, you've got, I don't know how many days you've got after one of these big auctions to return the car if you find something flawed. Uh-huh. Remember we did the story about Jerry Seinfeld? He bought oh, a yeah, Porsche. Oh, yeah, right, right, And after the forensic test and all that. Because it, it used to be, oh, it's a matching numbers car. Well, matching numbers yeah, doesn't mean you can. That doesn't mean a thing You can replicate anymore. that stuff digitally mm-hmm. like you wouldn't believe. Right. But they can go in with a magnometer, magnetometer, mm-hmm. magnometer, and actually tell. And that comes from. Uh, people that file numbers off of uh, off of weapons, right? They've got a machine they can put it through and find out, mm-hmm. you know, where the numbers were and how big they were and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, crazy. So it's crazy, and it can be done on cars. So. Yeah. Who to thunk? I don't know. So before you plunk, you better thunk. <laughs> we'll be right back here, Bud's Grouch, on North Georgia's News Talk WDUN. Welcome back into Bud's Garage, presented by Oakwood Tire and More and Complete Auto Parts. Where the pros and the folks who know go for parts, tires, and service. Well, as promised, Tim, a little earlier in the show, yes. we have got Performance Racing Network, Hit Reporter, Traffic Eye in the Sky for WSB Atlanta, and Five to Go Podcast host on the phone with us. That would be Doug Turnbull. And he's going to explain the end of the NASCAR season, which is coming up tomorrow. Whoa, okay. Whoa, Doug, welcome back into Bud's Garage. Hey, Doug. Hey, it's good to be all with you guys today. And, you know, we had a fun Halloween week here and the real the entree to the fall season in Georgia. So it's nice to talk about the hot desert again because I'm already missing the hot weather here. Well, it'll be, give, it, give it a chance. It'll be back in another you know day or two. Yeah. I don't know whether we should call this so. uh, Fummer or Saul. You know, it's kind of <laughs> we're kind of in between. I, I'm, right I'm now. ready for it to be. If, if I have my way, it would be summer, uh, 350 days a year. We get one week of spring, one week of fall, and one day of winter. Okay. Amen. We're good. All right. We're good with that. All right. We have got uh, William Byron, Kyle Larson, Christopher Bell, and Ryan Blaney in the final four. That's two Chevys, a Toyota, and a Ford. And so we've got parity, at least in brands. Uh, what's, what's your take on, uh, on what's uh, going on and how they got there? Well, okay. If I... If, you had told me that the Toyota that would be in the, if you told me 
at the beginning of the playoffs that there would be only the one Toyota, right, at Phoenix. Right, yeah. And it wouldn't be Martin Truex Jr. or Denny Hamlin. It would be Christopher Bell instead. Not in addition to, but instead. Yep. I, I wouldn't have taken that bet, all right? I, I mean, Martin Truex Jr. was the regular season champion. And, and really, if not for all the bonus points he accrued over the first 26 races, he would have been out of these playoffs a long time ago. In fact, I believe, if I'm right, he got reseeded 12th in the point standings now that he's not in the top eight anymore. That's how bad a playoff he's had. Denny Hamlin's really had a great playoffs, and if not for that mechanical power steering failure he had at Homestead, he would be the championship board driver. But interestingly enough, it would have been Byron, who was the other heavyweight in the regular season knocked out. So that just shows, number one, the parity out of everybody. And number two, just how much of a great playoff run both Bell and Blaney have had. And of course, Kyle Larson, I think most people were picking him to be in the championship four, barring some you know, big catastrophe that similar to Hamler or Truex had in these playoffs. And then, and then really, I think Ryan Blaney's a big surprise. And Christopher Bell is not really an underdog. He was in the champ four last year and actually ran pretty well and might have even had a chance to win the race if it's uh, his uh, tire changer last year didn't get his thumb smushed on the pit stop, right? There, that that might have been the difference. So as we look ahead to this Phoenix race, guys, uh, i got to say the Fords have a lot of short track speed, and Ryan Blaney has, like, top three finishes in all of the Gen 7 races at Phoenix, which there have been three since the beginning of last year. And, and it, it seems like all the momentum's in his favor, but let's not forget that William Byron won the race in the spring. Kyle Larson was dominant in the race in the spring. And then there's Christopher Bell, and you just never know. One good pit stop, and you could be in front. So I'm really excited to see how all this plays out. Well, and I, I think uh, one of the things that I've observed about Kyle Larson over the years is he can use up a car. if he, 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 he's, done much, <laughs> he's done much better this year at keeping his calm. But, you know, a lot of times he couldn't get a car to the end of the race. He had the fastest car, and before the end of the race, he'd, you know, yeah. he'd wipe the car out of his own doing a lot of times. So uh, he seems to have that under control. Byron was way behind uh, last week, and, you know, he just kept digging yeah, and digging and digging. So uh, yeah, it's, it's interesting. Byron, yeah. Well, the deal with Byron, that is concerning because Larson and Byron both, and in fact, none of the Hendrick cars were any good at Martinsville, right? No. Um, I mean, and, and Byron was out of the playoff picture for a larger portion of that race you would have expected considering he entered at plus 30 in the cut line, right? Right. But Byron had a couple things going against him. There was a setup that was way off. But number two, he's, he had hot air blowing on him in his helmet. Right. And the yeah. part of the – so so they were really tense on their radio. Uh, I could tell the crew chief, Rudy Fugel, was, was, his voice was half an octave higher. Byron was all frustrated. But I, I just wonder if some of that was bewilderment and how much their setup was off, and suddenly they were in the precarious points position they literally hadn't been in the whole season. But number two, Byron dug deep within himself to finish in the top 15. I think it was 14th in that race while he had hot air blowing on him for 500 laps, and he said he really, he really wanted to pull the pits. He couldn't see anymore, and he still finished 14th. Now, finishing 14th at Phoenix ain't going to do it, of course, to win a championship, but that gutsy performance makes me think, wow, this guy's really grown up. But it also makes me wonder, if they were so far off in Martinsville, and their teammate Larson's had all this time since winning the Vegas race to prepare for this race that, you know, that they might've lost their momentum here. And then you just got the magic of Ryan Blaney. Who's won Talladega has had all these top finishes and, and had won his way into this race too. So I, I just, I could 
think of reasons for and against everybody, but the Byron one is the most peculiar one, or to me, the hardest one to put a finger on. So whoever finishes first of these four, or, or the, not first, whoever finishes ahead of the other three yeah. uh, wins, whether they win the race or not. Is that correct? Cut and dry. I mean, it's, it's just plain and simple. They could finish, you know, 33rd through 36th. Okay. And whoever finished 33rd would be the champion. Um, and there's other people racing for a lot of stuff, too. With Denny Hamlin reseated now to fifth, and he, I think he has a pretty large margin over the other drivers to be the, the best of the rest. And, and then you go back in the pack, and there's different battles for different positions, you know, just to try to finish as high as sure, you can at yeah. points. And, mm -hmm. you know, and, and then also, too, you just have uh, the, this is the last race in the career of Kevin Harvick. Regardless of any points finish, they don't care about that. I mean, you know they're going to be desperate to go out and find a way to get a trophy oh, yeah, get and a, yeah, you know, stay out on old tires. Eric Almirola's last race as a full-time driver, too. He's had a, he's, his full-time cup career has been since 2012, but he's been in and out of the series since 2007. I mean, you know, th these are guys that, again, we, we kind of just consume all these big moments and then do away with them. But, like, we can't get over the fact that, Two guys that have been presidents, that have been in uh, been in the Cup Series since George W. Bush was president. Okay, are are stepping away, and that's a big deal. Hmm. So, looking ahead, Doug, when does the 2024 season fire up? <laughs> well, I mean, it depends on what you call the season, but the the season is a little bit weird next year because there's the break for the Olympics, and NBC has to take, and so that's. That's why you have the Atlanta race moving in the playoffs and some other stuff moving around overall in the season. But basically, they're going to have a little bit of downtime, and then there's going to be some testing in the offseason, particularly to fix this maligned short track and road course package. They're, they've got some different packages they're going to test in different tracks in the offseason. I don't know that schedule. But then at the very beginning of February, they go out west again and build a racetrack inside of the L.A. Coliseum and run the Bush Clash in early February. And then that just sets it off. That's two weeks before the Daytona 500, I believe, and then it's just a grind after that. A reminder to everybody that while the season starts in, in the Bush Clash and then the regular season starts, of course, with the 500 in Florida, the Atlanta Motor Speedway new date is race number two again, like it was for a few years, several years ago. And so Atlanta's going to be actually at the end of February instead of the beginning of March, and then they're going to have a, a playoff race in September. All right. We'll, we'll see you at both of those races. And uh, have a good off season, and uh, we'll be back with you to find out all we can about NASCAR stuff. I'm honored to be in Bud's Garage and talk about it all with you. Th thanks for having me on. I hope y'all have a great NASCAR off season and a continued success with the show. Thank you, sir. Thanks, right. Doug. Okay, Tim. Yes. You know this next author <laughs> in his articles. What seemingly harmless button on the dash? could be dangerous to use on a long trip. We have it in all of our cars for the right. most part. The recirculate button on your air conditioner, because if you hit the recirculate, you're just recirculating what's in the car, what's in the car, which is what you want to do on a hot day in the summertime when you first get in the car so that you can move that air around and get it cool. But if you're on a long trip, pretty soon you're just sucking in carbon cigar dioxide. Smoke. Yeah, cigar <laughs> smoke. Right. And nobody likes that. Essence of goat. <laughs> Except the goats. So that's something to remember. You know, yeah, it, it is. It's good to get the car cooled down, but then flip it on and have some fresh air coming Right, in. get some air coming and, in. Uh, yeah, so you don't, uh, you know. Or you could hang your heads out the window like the rest of my family. Oh. <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right, next weekend is the Northeast Georgia Swap Meet. It's also Veterans Day. We're going to be talking about Veterans Day next week. And uh, But remember, the Swap Meet is uh, 
next Saturday on the 11th. Yeah. And uh, from zero dark 30 until eh, noon or one. That'll be a good time. Uh, yeah, and it's at the uh, Habersham Fairgrounds up in Cornelia. Okay. Clarksville, right. I'm sorry. Clarksville. Clarksville. Yes, I got that right. Habersham yes. Fairgrounds, yes. Okay. Yes. You, sh- you sure? I am. <laughs> okay. Are you uh, are you restoring a classic car by by the way? Well, usually I am. <laughs> you're, you're, you're doing. You're trying to restore your body right now. Yeah, by the no way, kidding. thank you for for making it back in. But if you were restoring a classic car, the only place you would go for parts would be the Muscle Car Experts at Year One, who provide our podcast. So that if you miss any of this great information, you can go to Access WDUN, click the links, hit the buttons, and listen to the show at your convenience. Or you can go to any of the podcast sites and listen to the show anytime that you want. And don't forget, Bud's Garage Overdrive, the podcast, will have part one of our conversation with America's crew chief, Larry McReynolds. It's going to you know, boot up this week. Oh, very exciting. So, yeah, we'd love for you to listen in. Uh, good stuff from him. Keep between the ditches, shiny side up. We'll see you next week right here at Bud's Garage on North Georgia's News Talk AM 550 and FM 102.9. WDUN. Have a great week.